Basque. <laughs> what up, nerds? This is For the Love of the Pod, a show about sports, crime, sex, controversy, but, but mostly, mostly sports. Crime. Oh, right. <laughs> I am your blushing bride, Thomas May. Uh, with me today, I have uh, Brian Owen and Aaron Mason, and that's it. That's it. What up, fam? What's going on? Not much. Not much. Uh, to actually, I had a story, a driving with Thomas story. Oh. Can I share that? Oh, sure. did you? Uh, did you throw more change and shekels in the streets for people to pick up or not to pick up? No, there's a backstory to this. Actually, right. there's this short douchebag I see at the gym all the time. Real ugly face. Okay, and I, he's always just like in my way on purpose and is like just kind of a douchebag. Short man syndrome. It's odd. Is he like super buff, or is he yeah like, super buff, really great? Like, legs. Is he is he is he like is he totally... under is he under five six or like what's his height? Yeah, I would say five four, five three. Something so he's like, like Garrett's that. height. Yeah. Okay. Like I said, but serious short man. Syndrome. But real tan. Um, just you know, I guess I only see him at the gym, but he's always. What kind of haircut does he have? Is he like a basic fade, or is it like a skinhead cut? Or? Great question. Um, it's more of a curly, uh, brown hair, unkempt. Um, but he's got this real puffy face. Like he drinks a lot, but he works out a lot. You know okay. what I mean? Yeah. Like his cheeks are always like rosy red, and he's just exactly. like, he, he looks like he's coming off a bender for like twelve hours, and he's like, I'm gonna fuck, I'm gonna go to work, and then go get some pre workout at me and go work out. Exactly. Okay. Exactly yeah. like that. Yeah. So I'm pulling out of the gym. I went to the gym today. I don't know if you can tell. Yeah, um, your arms are looking super swole, my guy. Hey, thanks. I appreciate it. I've been working on it. All those steroids. The steroids. All. All Anabolic? of them. Just like Trump. All those steroids. What are you looking at? I want to know. Uh, you got Nart, a text Nart texted in. Oh. Uh, don't read it out loud, but uh, I had, I had it on airplane mode. What did it say? I Is think he... it's in reference to um, your characteristics that he saw on the camera. All right, I'll look at that later. Anyway, speaking of our producer Nathaniel, just big bless up for him, man. Yeah. Uh, Wait, what happened? It's just, uh, just he's not gonna be able to be here with us, you know. Hopefully, he's smiling down on us. <laughs> oh fuck! Pour one out. <laughs> Pour one out for our homies. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Anyways, back to your short man. Anyway, so I'm coming out of the gym, and I'm making a right on this uh, uh, this road where it's like one way, one way, and then there's a median, and there's the other way, the other way. So I'm making a right, and I see this giant, fu- the only way I can describe it, a giant truck, dr- giant pickup truck. The ones where the wheel holes are coming out the sides, those kinds. Oh, they're like flared out and whatnot, yeah. like a big old country truck. Like it gets four miles to the gallon, maybe. America, dude. Um. That's on the highway. Anyway, um, and he, <laughs> this guy, starts to pull it. He starts to slow down and comes and pulls in to where I'm at. And at the very last second, he puts on his blinker. That's the worst. The worst. Yeah. And I do this. If you're listening to this, you can't see what I'm about to do, but I, I'm throwing my hands up like this in frustration with what I just saw. And then he stops in the street and he gives me the same you know hands so he, up he, he saw you from his rear his rear view mirror no he, he saw me no. straight on we're looking straight oh, straight at on other. straight on straight on my bad and my i bad. just out of frustration went like this and he has the nerve to do the same thing like i'm in the wrong no it had nothing to do with you being in the wrong it's just he's always in the right he's insecure no yeah and then I, and then after like when i see him do this i realize it's that fucking guy the short guy from the and gym. I'm from the gym that I have. So to next see. time you see him, you just be like, "Hey, do you, do you have a ladder to get up in that truck?" Oh, I don't know what I'm going to say to him. It's you, like, got a, you got a little. I would step like ladder. some advice for this, actually, because he can beat me up. 
do you have a do you have a phone book that you have to? to I am taller than sit him. On? Maybe I have a read for the story about how Thomas confronts the guy at the gym. That gets I'll assaulted. keep you updated if I see him again. But I was real shook up, guys. I'm not gonna lie. Do, do you need like, me to go to the gym? I'm with a nice you? person. I was just frustrated. No, you're not a your... nice person. We talked about All right, that. That's true. Do, do you need me to go to the gym with you so I can, you know, provide you some moral back? I don't need moral like support for this. I need, you know, muscle. I need uh, some guns. I need a hired gun. The guy's short. Just hold him back with your arm. I'm scared. I don't fight. Ask Aaron. I'm terrible at it. <laughs> I'm terrible at it. Okay. That's an inside joke. He laughed, so that's what's important. <laughs> anyway, thanks for listening. Today, guys, we have basketball. We have football. We have baseball, and we've got murder. Daryl Henley. We got Daryl Henley today. So uh, I was told before the podcast started that basketball is first. So basketball um, is first. After three hundred and fifty-five days, the NBA season is over, and the Los Angeles Lakers have won their twelfth title. Saw an interesting thing about how uh, there's only been. I think two elected presidents that the Lakers have not played uh, in the finals. <laughs> two what, elected. What, you know what president? Or no, those sorry, are? one elected. Uh, there's been two presidents, one elected. I'm trying to remember the elected what? one, but I can't. I just know that the one that wasn't elected that they did not have a finals appearance in was uh, Gerald Ford. I was gonna, yeah. <laughs> Jesus Christ! Because Gerald Ford wasn't elected. No. Is he the tamale guy, or is that, or is that the Nixon? What? Oh, apparently there was a there was a president. I, I can't remember if it was Nixon or if it was if or if it was Gerald Ford. He was doing some sort of like tour for his campaign, and he got off the plane, and somebody gave him like a thing of tamales, and he proceeds to pick up the tamale, not take the corn husk off, and bites into the tamale with the corn husk on. And I can't remember. <laughs> that, that sounds like a move. Ford thing. That okay. sounds like a Ford thing. Yeah, rookie move for huh. sure. So yeah, so can you believe that? 355 days? I didn't know basketball like went on for a full year, like season wise. Well, no, it just typically doesn't. Oh, uh, really? Yeah, no, there was oh. a thing that happened. What what happened in March? Um, uh, I don't know. Ask China. Anyway. Oh, wow. Uh, <laughs> wow. <laughs> Actually, ask the world. Exclusive, yeah. exclusive. At this point, you can't really blame China. Like, no, I I'm not going to. We're not a politi- political co- podcast. We may can start a political podcast at a later date. Maybe after. Like, I feel like that would be a biology Maybe in podcast. December. But. All right, it would be safe. Anyway, um, so the game on Sunday, 106-93, Not a great game. I'll be honest. Not as close as the score says. It was basically over by you know the halftime. Yeah, I, I remember I specifically texted you. I had no intention of watching the game. I was like, hey, it's a halftime. I'll, I'll turn it over there. And I was just like, it's over. did Miami decide not to show up? Like maybe game five was their win. They gave it all they possibly could. And they should be commended for how well they played. Reminds me of the stars. With a bunch of rookies. And yeah, you know, it, it's very similar to that series. It, it's interesting you say that. Um and I, I think it's good that the Lakers won, uh, not because I'm a you know a Lakers fan, and not even because I'm a LeBron James fan, but because I think that if the Heat had won, there might have been an asterisk. I don't think anybody would is yeah even with baseball right now. I don't think the asterisk thing is real. Just watching how these teams are performing in the playoffs, they're treating it like it's yeah. the real thing. I, well, and basketball also had, the, I think, the closest to aside from football like closest to the full season correct because i mean they played like what over half of the season prior to this even happening and then they came out and played in the bubble for how I, many games prior to the playoff i know system? it's not it's definitely not comparable to, to baseball i no. think it's probably more comparable to hockey but mm-hmm. yeah yeah they, there really wasn't a whole lot of 
lost games. Well, I think it's super impressive they came back after how many weeks off? Like, was it six to eight weeks of them just like not being able to perform, like, to participate in any activity, and they show back up? And I, yeah. I think the biggest thing that like he's pointing out is the same thing that a lot of hockey players or fans pointed out is like uh, the stars. If the season played out normally, probably would not have had that run that they had. Yeah. So like Miami would not be in the situation they were if they didn't get hot when they did. Yeah, I think that's accurate, and I think that the good thing for the sport, because I, you know, like Aaron said, it was handled so well, and it sounds like hockey, same deal. Um, and they just did an incredible job, and it, not even talking about the Black Lives Matter stuff that they did, which was also incredible, but. Um, it was just a, a fun ride, and I think that it may have been tainted if the Heat had won because the Lakers were the best team in basketball, and they 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 were going to win. I thought Boston was considered like a 1B during the season. Like 1A was Lakers, 1B is... No, it was Milwaukee. Well, but everybody was like, can they actually produce in the playoffs? Yeah, and, I, thought, I thought Milwaukee and Boston were tied for that, for that expected... Yeah, if you would have asked me, if you would have asked me, you I would have said it was the Lakers A, the Clippers B. Yeah, and then well, probably I'm saying like Milwaukee and you probably Celtics w- are, you probably would have said Lakers versus Celtics as the finals before this I think happened. That's what right? I, I think that's what I did think. Yeah, I don't know. I think that's what I did think. Um, yeah, I just that's kind of what I remember um, guessing. I feel like that's kind of the consensus because like Milwaukee was that prove it prove it to me sort of situation and they still haven't and they probably won't now did you say prove it yeah like prove that you can win in the playoffs you didn't say that you said prove it 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 let the record show you said prove it anyway okay. i doubt it but <laughs> listen there's text in when you listen to this like never and let us know what <laughs> brian said it's okay i misspeak all the time brian just it's all right Anyway, so how many how many how many titles is this for LeBron now? Is it like seven, not eight, not nine, not ten, not twelve? <laughs> like how how many is this for him now? It's four. He has four uh, titles and he has four uh, finals MVPs. And how many has it, what is this his tenth appearance or what? It, like yes. Does Fuck. he get to that Michael Jordan number? Or you, nah, you don't think so. Can he get two more? No. One more max. One more. One more repeat or year off then come uh, back after that year off. I would say. M- how old That's is he? the cool thing about the NBA right now. I think he's 37, 36 So now. dynamic. I can look this so up. So he can probably remember. get to 40. I think he'll play. Oh, yeah. I think he'll I think he'll come off the bench at 40, but he'll be a starter up until then. So I could see him doing that. I don't see him. Three does or four he, more years. Does he play off the bench? No. no. no he plays, <laughs> That's what I'm saying. He, he plays if, like like 45 minutes a game. No, no. I, I know that. I'm saying like, but you said I could see at 40 he coming off the bench. And I'm yeah. like, I don't see him doing that. Yeah, I, I, I don't I could see him. I could see him being the first player coach in the modern era of basketball. And then his ass just being the sixth man of the year. And yeah. I could see him being a coach. Yeah. 1,010%. The only part of that I disagree is how often um, these superstar athletes – flame out as a coach they try to be a coach and then they always had the ability and all that you can't coach ability I'm not saying that he's not a great basketball mind because I think LeBron is it's just you can't coach ability you can't coach that drive that you know a great star has whenever there's other people that they always struggle to make it in the pros they knew the struggles they knew how to coach up those players that need to be coached up and also how to keep the superstars motivated so I'm, that is a great question. So there are 
man, there are a lot of basketball uh, players who became coaches. I would not say that yeah, any of them were particularly good. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Like you don't. That includes hockey. That includes football. There, you don't see that transition. You rarely do. Yeah, Lenny Wilkins is like the one. Um, not never heard of him. Yeah, he's yeah. He played in the '60s, or um, yeah, he played in the '60s. He was re- he was really good. The only one I can think of that comes to mind is um, Russell. Yeah, Bill and Russell that's because was. he was basically the coach on the court. McHale was too. There's also Avery Johnson. I mean, I think his second or third year in the league, he took the Mavericks to the finals, and he was like perennial with the San Antonio Spurs. Yeah. Okay, he was. I thought he was a great coach. And then obviously the one um, we're not saying is Doc Rivers, but Doc Rivers wasn't a LeBron James. No, but he was still polarizing. In the Larry Bird was time. a coach for a second, wasn't he? He was bad head coach. Exactly. Would you consider? Would you consider um, uh, Phil Jackson to be considered a, an elite player for the time that he played? That transitioned well into the coaching role, or do you I think he was more of like a second, third tier player that was just a solid guy? That he was like Rick Carl. You know, now that we're saying this, like all of the head coaches used to be players, but they yeah. weren't. They weren't LeBron yeah, James. They weren't superstars yeah. by any means. Yeah, yeah, that's most but sports. Most sports backup? you play to a certain level. Yeah, like in NFL, the only thing I can think of is Rivera. Ron Rivera is the only one that's really made it to a high level and performed well at a high level for Tony the Jim Harbaugh, T- Tony Dungy. Jim Harbaugh didn't perform at a great level. I thought he was pretty good. No, wasn't he? Pretty I think good he started for what, like six. Weeks. Well, it, <laughs> he was a first round pick, I, so like I it, really? it, it sunk cost. Yeah, huh. like everybody thought he was going to be a lot better than he was, and he wasn't. But like Ron Rivera, I know was actually a really good defensive tackle, eighty five Bears. But on the flip side, you had Jeff Fisher from those eighty five Bears as a backup cornerback. Yeah, like right. that's that's the thing. It's mostly players that excel because of like they have to. They 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 don't have the physical traits that a LeBron James has. Yeah, Bill Russell, I'm looking at this list. Bill Russell won two titles. And then he quit. He also won 11 titles as a player. I know. Like, that team was already set. It was basically yeah. keeping that momentum going forward and then saying, I've had enough. Casey Jones as well. But, uh, you know, I don't know that much about a lot of these other guys. So, Thomas, question for you. Um, so, with basketball, I know Brian kind of gave us a heads up on how um, it's we're two months out from the hockey season. So with basketball, what's the turnover time right now for for this upcoming? Is there is there a timetable on that for next season? Hasn't or? been announced yet. The hasn't. draft is early November. Okay. We'll see about the rest. Okay. Um, I'm thinking it'll be January when we start the new season. It, but as far as free agency, I'm not sure yet. Gotcha. It's just finished, so we'll, we'll get ready for have free agency to be crazy. Yeah. It already is. I for can't hockey. wait. <laughs> I can't wait. Yeah, I hope the Mavericks see something really cool. I did have two. Um, you know, fun talking points. First of all, I said at the beginning, the Lakers won their 12th title. Mm-hmm. Nobody questioned me on that. So everybody <laughs> on the news keeps saying that they won 17 titles. No, they did not. They won 12 titles as the Los Angeles Lakers. They won five titles as the Minneapolis Lakers. Okay, but... Now, does that count? If their history went with them, yes. Okay, why... Is that different than when the Supersonics moved from Seattle and became the Oklahoma City Thunder? Because they didn't carry the history with them. Okay. It's just like uh, Cleveland Browns are not – or sorry, Baltimore Ravens did not take over. Yes, the Cleveland Browns. I I did research on this. I couldn't find any other scenarios where there was a title one in like a move, like the Brooklyn Dodgers or the – 
the New York Giants, not the the baseball team, moving to San Francisco. Um, like they didn't win titles in New York, mm-hmm. but um, uh, yeah, in my opinion, twelve titles for the Lakers. That's my opinion. You got the Brooklyn Dodgers. You they see any lakes in Los Angeles? Silver Lake. That's it. No, I know. I know the. No, I know the etymology behind Lakers. It just and all that. doesn't. But doesn't sit right. With they me. took the history with them. That's why it. They've won seventeen titles. Um. There was a guy, hold on, I actually have to Google this part, um, that played for the Minneapolis Lakers. He was basically the Bill Simmons before Bill Simmons was, or I'm not sorry, Bill Simmons. Um, uh, he was the Bill Russell before Bill Russell was Bill Russell. I'm trying to find this guy's name. Uh, Jerry West? No, before that. What was this guy's name? Uh, Wilt Chamberlain. Anyway... This is when they were in Minneapolis. All those guys played when they were in Los Angeles. I don't know why I can't find this guy's name, but he was you know, he's a Hall of Famer. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Okay. They still won 12 titles to me. Um, so 17 titles. The last the last thing I had, are you guys familiar with um, the Bronny James memes at all? So I've heard there's like a running okay. joke about him getting caught smoking weed or something. Yes. And then like, like then also the shot that was short and like when Bronny's watching or shoots and then like he's just like his dead facial expression. Which, so which one are we? So LeBron James has three kids. Zuri, his youngest, uh, his daughter, uh, Bryce. And then he has a 16-year-old LeBron James Jr. Who uh, I think this was when they were playing the Nuggets still. So this was a few weeks ago, at least. Um, he went on uh, Instagram Live smoking a blunt. You could, it was obvious he was like sitting in his car or something. It was very dark. He was smoking a blunt. And then the next day, <laughs> Twitter blows up on it. And ever since, there's been these memes of uh, basically Bronny being excited about LeBron James losing any of his games because that means he's stuck in Orlando further and can avoid an ass whooping. <laughs> and they have been awesome. The best one has been in the Heat series where it is basically a Photoshop picture of Jimmy uh, Butler and Le- and uh, LeBron James Jr. Bronny, um, like high fiving, like they're exchanging money maybe, um, just dabbing, just it dabbing up. up basically. And that, uh, and that he's like paying him off or like asking him for help to to beat his dad, so that he has to keep continue playing in the bubble for even right. longer and avoiding an ass whipping. And it has been awesome. And I wanted our listeners to know if they didn't know already. I didn't know. It's fucking I had hilarious. No idea. It's fucking hilarious. So I think some of those videos I've seen makes makes so much more sense now that I hear like the full story about it, because I'm kind of like not really att- attuned with a. Uh, meme culture sure, follow so lebron james jr that on makes well, it, Instagram. well it just it, it makes those videos that i've been seeing so much more funny because it's yeah. just like the ogle eyes type thing and i'm like okay this this makes sense now <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> i totally get you know a kid's gonna be a kid sort of situation and all that but you're such a high profile kid like just don't right? instagram live yourself with a blunt it's yeah. not hard smoke your weed it's fine smoke your weed you're dead get on instagram live yeah well it's funny because you have somebody like lebron who's at a cowboys game he's drinking a beer and like they 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 pan over to him on the camera. He sees he sees himself on the big screen, the jumbotron, and he tries to hide the beard. He's just so he, he cares so much about his own like image, and I can only imagine like you're saying, yeah, 
the talking to. Oh, there, there's no words. <laughs> oh no, this he's is just ass whooping. He's getting his ass whooped. Would you be more Probably scared of LeBron right James now. or of his or, or of his wife if you were that kid? Uh, the. Probably the greatest athlete of all time. I'd probably be a lot scared of that guy. I don't know, man. I think I'm taking Mama Bear, dude. I think I'd be more scared of Mom coming and beating my ass. She's whenever. beautiful and so sweet. I can't remember her name, but his his wife is is awesome. I'm more terrified of Adrian Peterson in the switches. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> wow, I completely forgot about that. Yeah, yeah. Who? Okay, who would you rather have be your father in this situation, Adrian Peterson or LeBron James? LeBron, LeBron James, <laughs> hands down. <laughs> I've seen those pictures. Jesus, that is child abuse. Yeah, <laughs> uh, not not a laughing matter. It's just yeah, yeah. It's, that's... My dad used to beat me. I, I turned out fine. Yeah, but your dad wasn't a freaking NFL running back. Touche. <laughs> no, he was not. Yeah, he, he actually probably needed the use of a switch. Adrian, not so much. He used a belt. Still, a switch is a stick, right? Yeah, it's like a young. Yeah. It's a yeah. young like like protrusion off of a tree like a limb that's like really fresh that you can take off and it's like literally like rope and you thanks can just... webster's dictionary that's perfect <laughs> yeah. it's a young branch protruding off of a tree that's perfect yeah. it's a sat word today okay <laughs> how many Great. how many protrusion three 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 syllable word yeah protrusion five dollar word right there protrusion okay three. maybe not <laughs> perfect all right moving on we've got football we got the footballs i cannot wait are you are you good with the basketball yeah, I'm all done. Sweet, man. We'll talk about basketball at some point, but I'm cool with putting in the 355 days. I will say I will say on one note, like I just like I think this is worth 2 minutes. Okay, like Mavericks talk here. Like Kristaps knee, like Christopolis. Christopolis. Yeah, Christopolis Porzingis. <laughs> like what Christoph's Porzingis, like I we, I I was talking to you about this during the whole bubble thing. I was like, dude, like I think they need to, like something's wrong. He's not playing like they're trying to keep it on on the down low, so like if they try and keep him and his knees are obviously like giving out. So like, what's trade? Like, what value does this guy have anymore? If you can't trust him for the longevity of a season, so he just got sur- uh, knee surgery for that yesterday. MCL. Okay, and I think he. I don't know if they have a timetable for him. Why did he wait so long? I don't know. I think that they thought the doctors um, thought that it could heal on its own. Why risk it though? Like. This is a multi-million dollar star. Well, he played on it for two games I, as well. Exactly. Yeah. Like, why risk healing on your own whenever it's almost, at this point, with sports actually, or sports medicine? I remember listening to a podcast about this specifically, and they said that sometimes it's better if it heals on its own. Okay. And that um, if it doesn't heal properly, it's going to be you know heavily monitored. And that, you know, once they had reached a certain point, they would either decide to hey, this is going well, we should just continue doing this, or they you know, elect to have surgery. So either A, it's gone really badly, or B, it's just not at the like platitudes that they want. Exactly. I think it's probably the latter. I'm not too concerned about his knee. I will say that. But um, I mean, he's had history of it. Sure. And I think his point was just, at what point do you cut bait? Cut ties. Yeah. I'm not sure. I, I think I, um, I would be very disappointed. I think we do this as Mavericks fans every year. Be very disappointed if they don't land you know a second tier star and you know because i would consider Kristaps to be a second tier star if they can get a second second tier star um like a victor oladipo or like a bradley beal actually probably be a one tier star or somebody like that or like a defense person um i thought you were all about uh the greek freak guy Giannis? Yeah. I think that'd be one in a million. Um, I think it'd be perfect for what you, that team are needs. Are not but as high anymore that that's gonna happen because i mean i know few weeks back and all that you were like this is a chance like there's an opportunity there here. were reports 
about it. And it's just dried up. Well, we had playoff basketball. <laughs> we had other stuff to talk about. But there are, there are a lot of people, and we'll get into it at a later date, but um, yeah, I'd be, I'd be excited to see what um, the Mavericks are going to do, not just as a Mavericks fan, just as a fan of basketball, because obviously you have a young you know, point guard that um, just made an all NBA team first team. I would, if I'm a, you know, prospect, I'm like, oh, right. I will think about the Mavericks. I'll give a hard think about the Mavericks. A hard think. That's good grammar, right? Perfect. Awesome. Perfect. Well, hey, I do want to talk about football a lot. Footballs? The football what, games? What's the fir- first football game we're talking about? Yeah, guys. So uh, we got a little bit of NFL talk coming up. Um, so I think for our first game, we're going to hit the Chiefs and Raiders. Um so, uh, Chiefs versus Raiders score was forty thirty two. Raiders. The Raiders improved to three and two, and the Chiefs are four and one on the season now. Um, so, I thought I one thing I took away from this game is that despite the one interception thrown uh, to Breland, Carr played exceptional. Uh, he went twenty two for thirty one, three forty seven, averaged eleven point two yards per pass. Um, I think I think if 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 Carr can play like this cons- like consistently, this will shut up like the whole inconsistent conversation about him. If he can maintain like that kind of tempo and efficiency within the offense, I think Henry Ruggs is the difference for that team. Um, Hell yeah! Going into this season, they fully bought onto, and everybody thought Broncos were doing this. They bought onto the we're not going to beat Patrick Mahomes with defense. We need offensive weapons to do that, and Carr has that over the top weapon now in Henry Ruggs that he can throw to. I think it's like. With Henry Ruggs on the field, they're averaging eight yards per play. So he's basically, the Raiders were like, cool, you guys have Tyreek Hill. Let's just go get Tyreek Hill and see if you a can. A buffer version of Tyreek Hill. Yeah, exactly. Let's One just, that could last a little bit because it seems like Tyreek's having injuries. Let's race, like yeah. basically. Um, well, I think that's a, just a, a testament to what y'all are saying, that um, the Chiefs did enter into the game with the sixth, the sixth best passing defense in the league, allowing only 225 yards of passing per game. This week they gave it 347, um, so I think with that, with 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 their adjustment in game plan, um, you know, I I agree with what what you're saying there is that they can shoot it out with anybody, and they balanced it with a really strong rush rushing attack for like 144 yards on the ground. Were you guys surprised by this? By the way, I wasn't overly surprised. Yeah, I wasn't either. Um, no, I did think Chiefs were going to pull it out, like not during the game. During the game, it was really Raiders. Yeah, it was. but I was like. Before the game, I was like, ah, yeah, I feel like Chiefs are going to win this game, but the Raiders are actually, like, they're putting in a good season so far. Yeah. I did want to mention something else for the Raiders. Uh, their front seven had a good game, like a really good game. I know that uh, I think someone was uh, saying that they attributed uh, 1,077 yards of scrambling to Patrick Mahomes in that game Yes, because of how much <laughs> pressure he was getting on. Yep. Is it Max Crosby? Well, yeah, and, and the, the Chiefs only rushed for 80 yards. Wow. The Chiefs only had 80 yards of yeah. rushing. Yeah. That guy at the, I think it's the left end spot, Max Crosby, that big fucking dude. He was on hard knocks. Like, was that two years ago? The white guy? The white guy. The and redheaded guy. He got yeah. hurt. He got hurt he got in the hurt. preseason. Yeah, in and, and hard he knocks. He broke his left arm or something like that. Yeah, and it was there was like this whole thing with his girlfriend. And you were just like, oh, this is such a great story. I hope he pulls it out. And now he is a dominant defensive end. I mean, he was unbelievable. You think he's like Joey Bosa level, like on that echelon? Yeah, a a different style player, but yeah, certainly. I know how everybody's talking about the NFC West this year and like the good teams they have. I think we're about a year removed 
before AFC West Hell is that yeah. just completely any team can win this like division and it really like back back it up and sort of give props to uh the Patriots like having a dynasty in this league is damn near impossible. Yeah. It really is. Like it already seems like the dynasty of the Chiefs is over with and I'm saying this all Patrick Mahomes is going to be able to give them so many opportunities. I really do honestly think so, but it's not going to be that Patriots level of every year they're guaranteed to win the NF- or AFC East. Bill Belichick's don't grow on trees. No. No. I got a question for you guys. Um, okay. So I was when I was doing some research, I came across this that, um, you know, there's an ongoing debate right now about um, how much should offenses rely on, on you know, passing pass-heavy schemes. Um, watching this game or like the condensed version of this game, does this game show that an effective rushing attack is necessary to win week in and week out to limit the time your defense is on the field? Um, the question being because Kansas City maintained the ball for only 24 minutes and 43 seconds compared to Las Vegas 35-17. Las Vegas was able to rush the ball for 144 on 35 attempts compared to, to 20 attempts for um, 80 yards by Kansas City. Uh, third down efficiency was also... Um, pretty even six out of 14 for Casey and seven out of 14 for Las Vegas. So I think that's indicative that with Derek Carr being so efficient in the passing game that they were able to complement it with that running attack to keep it, keep the clock moving. So do y'all, are y'all on the air raid system or do y'all think a more of a balanced attack is a hundred percent of balanced attack? Yeah. Uh, so you have Cleveland and Raiders are two teams that are up and coming that I think everybody should be paying attention to. They have a really good rushing attack with a balanced, efficient passing attack and one that can attack deep downfield when necessary. I'm just old school. You know, if you win in the trenches, you're probably winning in the running game and you're probably winning, um, you know, in protecting your quarterback to make sure that his passes are a lot easier. Um, I think that that's that's like the key. Yeah. Yeah, so running the ball is important, but I don't really think there's a whole lot of value as a um, fan of a team that's been a second overall pick on a running back that just – doesn't seem like it's panned out very well. I just don't hold a lot of value to the running back position itself. But controlling the line of scrimmage and opening up lanes, yeah, absolutely. I mean, you're speaking of your team, the one that controlling the line of scrimmage. We cannot do. No, no, no. I'm saying you have two Super Bowls because of that against exactly possibly the greatest dynasty ever. Yep. It's all because your D-line and your O-line were controlling those games. Absolutely. Like, and I don't see... I don't see the NFL ever getting away from that or not anytime soon. No. You have these people trying to break in with air raids, and you're looking at a team that's air raid heavy, and that's uh, Arizona, Arizona Cardinals. Yeah. And Well, look what happened three. last week whenever they DeAndre Hopkins is hobbling out there, and then, you know, what happens? Their offense was very lackluster. I want to look. Nothing. I, I want to see what happens when they play something like the Seahawks, a team that has a bad defense, so therefore that air raid should go off. They don't win that game. There's yeah. a 0% chance in my mind. That they win against the Seahawks. That's not this weekend, but next weekend. Yep. Yeah. Cool. Do you have anything else you want to hit on this game, or already? It was the, a fun game. Um, I did want to kind of hit on a little bit. I'm surprised with Kansas City so far because this isn't the first week that uh, pressure has been getting to Mahomes. Because that last season, they had a great offensive line, and I don't think they lost any pieces. In fact, they gained a piece and a. Uh, Kalichi awesomely. Right? No, yeah, I was thinking the same thing. I looked up the injury report because I was like, man, he's like running for his life. So I was thinking, who is out this week? And I looked it up. Like, they have all their starters on the field, yeah. offensive yeah. line wise. I think awesomely so, got injured yeah, in the he game. He did. He did yeah. get injured in that game. But I mean, it, that's what I'm saying. It's been 
yeah all like this isn't the first week that this has happened it's kind of like that super bowl hangover is hitting their line it's not hitting anywhere anywhere else that i can really see but the line and that's huge yeah yeah absolutely all right, moving on. We got our second game, and that's going to be the uh, Giants versus Cowboys. Oh my god! <laughs> we had a Cowboys victory, thirty-seven, thirty-four. Was it, it that? That was a what do you call it? Pariah victory. Can you say that one more time? Pariah. You heard victory. it here. Uh, we had a Pariah victory. Uh, what is this? Bill O'Reilly with the word of the day. What are we doing? Uh, no fucking clue. I don't even <laughs> know what Pariah even means. Pariah no. victory means that you you accomplish something at a great cost. Huh. Oh yeah. Yes. <laughs> I wonder what that cost was. Um the boys improved to two and three, if you call that an improvement. I guess it's like <laughs> baby steps and the Giants fall to 0 and five. Um I mean, at this point I feel like the Giants want to lose. So like we're just helping them along and they're Brian, I, you think you deserve to win that game? No, God no. Okay, great. But that's why I call it a Prague victory. It's you won something but at such a great cost, it's not worth it. Got it. You would have rather lost. Yes, and, and what happened? And have Dak last. Yes, yeah. I can't argue with that. Um, yeah, the, obviously that there are two plays that were called back on penalties. I don't know if you had those in the notes, but um, I was fucking livid about both of them. Go ahead and do tell because there was one. That was our, it. it was an awesome call, awesome, great execution where Evan Ingram basically um, hides. Looks like he's going out to, to the sidelines and just stays right there um, on the other side of the numbers, between the numbers and the uh, sideline. No one sees him. Looks like they're kicking a field goal. They pass. He scores a touchdown. And it's called back for a ticky-tacky penalty. Illegal shift, yeah. He, the guy barely moved. Fleming, Cam Fleming, who used to be a cowboy, by the way, um, barely stood up. They don't call that all the time, man. I mean, I agree. That's when I mean, we go back to last week. We talked about this, how this is a problem. There's not consistency with refing. Like, it's one thing if he moves his whole body, kicks his right leg out. That's one thing. He stood up a little bit. That was it. How do you call that? Anyway. And then the, situational discernment, man. Dis- they decided to do it. It's situational idiocy is what it is. But Is it idi- idiocracy? Oh, my God. It was what a so... terrible movie and a terrible call. <laughs> yeah, that movie is terrible. I agree. Yeah. But it's kind of coming true. Anyway, the so I was pissed off about that one. And then the pick play, which – how did you got feel? Did you think that was a pick? So, I, okay, there's, there's, there's two ways to look at this. Either because it looked like he – they were running a crossing route, and they were within like two yards of the line and scr- line of scrimmage, and he wasn't he wasn't stopping in the middle of the route to set to set or 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 thwarting his route on his own to set that pick. He was running through, and there was like a cross up. So I think, and like with my with my bias, you know, I'm gonna take I'm gonna take that. Okay, that's a pick, but you know, removing my bias from that because we benefited from that call. It's a, it's a coin toss. I don't see – that's, a, by the way, a very Patriots-type um, play. Very. Um, which Edelman, Amendola, all day long. All the time. I've seen that play a million times run by the Patriots I, I in the I think past. when it's an established thing, and also it, it, Bill Belichick gets away with this because you know he's going to argue the rules with the refs and all that. He's going to be like, nah, that's not what a pick is, and the refs are going to be like, oh, you know more than I do because he does. I think that's just one of those Joe Judge suffering from being a new coach. A new coach. Huh. Okay. Yeah. 
Like, yeah. if he continues to do this and he starts proving his, like, case, probably doesn't get called. By the way, I like Joe Judge a lot. Speaking of Joe Judge, that's my next question for you. Oh. Yeah. So, Thomas, um, Joe Judge, is he the future of the New York Giants or is he on a short leash right now? No, he's not on a short leash. First year, can't be on a we don't first do year, you're in the middle of a rebuild. Yeah. You can't put him on a short leash. No. I, oh. I want to say how long of a leash do you give him given the pedigree of a the, season. just one more season here's, after this? Here's the deal. They need to get rid of the GM. He has been on uh, our staff Gettleman. for three years. Dave Gettleman, great guy. Great Boston accent, that guy. Go look it up if you haven't heard it. It's a solid coastal Boston accent. Anyways. And he, his drafting philosophy and his free agent philosophies, I could I could spend an hour talking about all of the bonehead shit he's done. It's 15 years behind. It's unbelievable. I think he's 15 years out of the league at this point. Like, just his, yeah. his mindset is early 2000s, and, and from what I've seen. Yeah, I, I can't disagree with you. He doesn't trade down. He doesn't try to, you know, get draft capital. He And moreover, he's blown a bunch of picks. Blown them. From my understanding, um, Nathaniel, Nathaniel would love this, but he does not care about the stats part at all. He's very much, like, scouting on film not even scouting on film scouting like uh too much of like that personality part like the money ball he has an ugly girlfriend and all that you know that means he doesn't have confidence so we can't take him uh-huh I've, yeah looking back at the famous eli apple question the do you cook okay obviously this guy's not a responsible adult what different um Different GM. For Are you sure? Apple. Yeah, that was, okay. uh, I can't remember his name. Uh, I'll look it up. But, um, yeah, I think he had an opportunity this year to draft an offensive lineman. Uh, he drafted Andrew Thomas. Andrew Thomas was not my favorite offensive lineman. He got a touchdown. He did get a touch. You know, he got a two-point conversion. Oh, yeah, that's what yes. it was. Yeah. He almost dropped it, too. He did. He almost dropped it. He also sucks. He's not good. Um, Actually, during that play, I was – because I didn't see him split out uh, wide, but I think it was your tight end. It might have been Evan Ingram. was wide open at the initial part of that, and I was really worried that Daniel Jones did not see that as I watched it go to the other side. And I was like, oh, it was a trick play. So I'm assuming in- Ingram was probably declared as the tackle, so he actually wasn't an eligible receiver. That's why he was that wide open. I I don't know how those work. Do you, nice, do you guys know how those? Yeah, like, you declare, of tackles? You have they to declare, declare themselves as an eligible receiver, and they line up in the out, in the outside or inside tight ends position. Oh, I don't think they can heavy. I, I don't think they can heavy load it with two tight ends on one side, though. It has to be split. You can heavy load it. It's just uh, one of them can't be covering the other. Okay. Huh. Huh. Interesting. I always thought they had to be on the opposite end of the field. They couldn't do right or left side stack. Mm-mm. Jerry Reese. Mm-hmm. That was the guy's name. I like Jerry Reese. He was good. But uh, back to what you were saying about Joe Judge. You think only one more season? I mean, I don't see that at all. You have to give this guy three to four, in my opinion, unless he goes zero and sixteen, zero and sixteen. Yeah, no, yeah, that's what I. Well, yeah, so he needs to win next year. Is what I'm saying. If y'all go, if y'all go two and fourteen this like this season, and then you go like say like six and ten, do you think that that's acceptable? Is like that's indicative of like a build at all? Yeah, I guess you're right, Brian. I guess it would be like three years. So yeah, I think this no, season's the bust. The answer is yes. Okay. To your question. This season's bust. 
let's see who where your draft is because if you pick up someone honestly at this point you keep daniel jones for at least one more year in my opinion whoever you draft unless you get trevor lawrence Daniel Jones is your starter next year. I, then you just accept that yeah. and get another drop in. Unless they love somebody else, but I don't love somebody else. That I makes mean, sense. yeah, there, I don't think there's there's that. Uh, is it North Dakota's that, quarterback? Yeah, and I just feel like he needs to really develop mm-hmm. before that happens. And then we've we've I've already talked about uh, Justin Fields, where I'm like, it's another OSU quarterback. Yeah, prove me wrong before I make a take a flyer out on that yeah well um you guys it is october lines. why are we talking about the draft because that's what the giants are at trey lance uh is the guy from north dakota um yeah a lot of question marks about him too um anyway i've actually got a question for you guys two questions and this oh. is um along the, the line the lines of this game and just predictions of the rest of the season so two questions and then we'll move on uh first question is Andy Dalton able to keep this team competitive for the Dallas Cowboys? Yes. If our line holds together. That's my next question. I, that think, leads he's, into the next I question. think he's more dependent on the line than Dak will ever be. Okay. So follow-up question to that then. So it's more of a statement here. Uh, Mari Cooper was on a limited snap count due to injuries. That didn't seem to slow them down because Lamb, Gallup, and Wilson, um, you know, they're electric enough on their own with that, that strong three-core. So a follow-up to Brian's statement being that we need, we need line help. Should we use, or should the Dallas Cowboys, sorry, because I don't want to bundle Thomas into this because he's a Giants fan. So should the Dallas Cowboys use Amari's or Gallup's stock to trade for draft picks to improve the offensive line? Uh, Lyle Collins is out for the season. Troy Smith is out for the season. Joe Looney is week-to-week with an MCL sprain. So would you would either one of you guys take Amari or Michael Gallup and try and trade or make like trade for another player or Not trade Gallup. for – no. Not Gallup. Yeah, Amari, I, yes. I That's actually my bold take. Who's I taking think, that contract? That's the problem. I think so. Yeah. You trade them before the trade deadline this year. Yeah. And That'd you, be the only issue. But, yeah, if I'm – But because you're going to have teams that are I – I need a wide receiver. That's my missing piece. I'm about to make the playoffs with this expanded playoffs. Take advantage of that. Yeah. Especially if someone like the Colts. I was thinking the Ravens. Ravens are another good example. Like yeah. I'm saying like one of these teams that – it feels like they're missing a wide receiver. The Colts, in my opinion, were T.Y. is not as good right now, so maybe having that good slot receiver could really help them out. No, those are both solid and, candidates. And for that. Colts have the draft capital right now. Yeah. Well, uh, we'll see what happens. Uh, Before we move on, I did want to bring up a little stat that we texted out to the uh, earlier today, which was uh, out of 600 attempts since 2018. Oh. The two worst quarterbacks out of 33 were Daniel Jones and Sam Darnold. It's pretty bad. Now, when I mentioned that, Thomas thought I was attacking Daniel Jones. And I was to some degree. (laughs) I'm not going to deny that. I'm not going to deny that. But the interesting person, number three on that list, Andy Dalton. Uh, The Red Rocket. The Red Rocket himself. Did I ever tell you I met Andy Dalton? Mr. TCU. Before we get into that. Okay. The part, I'm going to say it like a million times in this podcast. That's fine. That's just the, so cool, Thomas. Anyways, Brian. The, yeah, you have <laughs> weeks to talk about this now. I'm going to say it every podcast. But the interesting part to that, in my mind, is the fact that the Cincinnati Bengals, the last 600 attempts, were freaking horrible. Yeah. Like, I'm not reading too much into that, but it is a little scary. It is like, if our line collapses, does he revert back to that? If our line has collapsed, Brian, like I, I, I get that it has. Our line is so, fucked. but you never know whenever someone's going to step up because of like 
a bad injury. I don't think in the yeah, NFL there's in the, in the offensive <sighs> line, though, there's pedigree, and then there's just like practice squad that happens to be a backup, and that's what we're dealing with right now. You know uh, what they say about good backup left tackles? There's not any. They don't stay backup left tackles yeah. for long. Yeah. They're starters. It's not a real thing. The uh, Yeah, we've been totally depleted of good offensive line. I, I just I don't know if we just don't build them like that anymore. Is a that's uh, what the AAF was supposed to be. XFL. Yeah, they were supposed to be developmental leagues because like there's certain positions that. Well, XFL is coming back, so it's not supposed to be XFL is coming back. Yeah, the Rock. Yeah, the Rock bought it out, but uh, yeah, that that was supposed to be a developmental thing for those linemen because unless you're a stud, I think cornerback is the other one that they struggled. How much can you, how much can you develop though in the XFL when you're playing down and not up? Cause you're you're not playing against like, you're not playing against NFL defensive linemen. You're playing against like Juco guys that are like half the size that don't have. I understand that, but you're teaching proper uh, technique. That's the bigger thing. I'm not, I'm not trying to be combative or argumentative with you, but how much more technique can you learn when you're playing at a D1 school? Why don't you stay to like, at Alabama for four years or yeah. Ohio State for because four years? Because the competition is probably higher than it is with the XFL at that okay. point. Yeah. Some of those talents that aren't developing, they have the athletic ability and all that, but they're going to a school that's not that big. So they don't have the technique. They're not being taught the technique. And then by the time they get to the NFL, they're behind on that. I could see that. I could, I could see somebody going, coming from a smaller school that they that they see some stock in, and they then there's an option for that. So I, I with that, yeah. But like, yeah, they, you can go either way with it. Well, I'm, I'm curious to see how that happens and if it pans out. And then if it shows to be productive, then Brian, I will, uh, I will pay you your dues. All right, next game we got uh, Vikings versus Seahawks. I think this was one of the uh, more exciting games. Um, so I was at my mom's house over the weekend. And so this game happened. Was that last night? Yes. And I don't know. No, who, no, it's two nights ago now. But it was on Sunday. Yeah. 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 Okay. So I was watching the NBA Finals, and then I flipped over to that game, and for some reason, like her DVR fucked it up. I think maybe she was recording the game, and so I'm like, just you know, oh, this is live. This is a live game. Great. And then I get the score of the game, the final, like while I'm at like the beginning of the third quarter, and I was like, fuck. I was really annoyed. So you didn't see the ending. No. I mean, I think it's fair to say besides talk about the first half, which I think the Vikings completely dominated, and then losing Dalvin Cook completely transitioned that game. What happened to Dalvin Cook? He got an oblique strain or some sort of um, – like, I forget the what they call it. It starts with an A. I, would, I forgot what boy. it was called. I love Dalvin Cook. He's awesome. Yo, they're, they're, they're backup. Stevenson or um, – he came in Madison. and popped off for like 114 yards off of like 20 attempts or something. I mean, he cool. was he was he had some quite. I think I don't know how many carries it was for over 20 yards, but he had more than two. That yeah, he had over 100 yards on 11 carries. Yeah. And what else happened? Uh, give me the play by play. I can't give you the play by play. Honestly, I think the Vikings did a great job. They did exactly what that fourth quarter drive where they went for it on fourth down was a hundred percent the right call, but it should have been a right call whenever, or it shouldn't have ever been a call because earlier in the game, um, the Vikings had gone for two points and converted and yeah, but the Vikings would have won if but, they would, if they would have kicked that field goal. Well, you don't know that because it's a hundred two minutes ago and the Vikings elected to go for it. They failed. They kicked the field goal. And then, so the, the Seahawks had two fourth down plays coming down that 90 yard drive. 
so let's just say, let, well, let's just say by chance, by chance, let's just say like you have you have circumstance here. If they make that field goal, what happens if all that bad juju in the air just like dissipates because you have that made field goal? So if you're going off okay. of superstition, you have the lead. But you but like, how okay. far out was that field goal? Uh, it, no, was, it was it was only like a thirty yard field goal. Okay. It, 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 it was on the six yard. So yeah, I would have done it. I would have kicked the point. I would have made uh, points. I, I think that was the right call because that that's a guaranteed win if you convert it. My biggest issue was the touchdown beforehand. They didn't go for two. Then kicking the field goal makes all the sense because it's a nine point game instead of a instead of a eight point game. Do you guys think that the Vikings are the best worst team in the NFL? Only one of their losses to the Colts was by more than one possession or seven points. The best worst team. The best worst. I kind of think the 49ers are in that conversation too, because I mean their only two wins are against the New York teams, which aren't good. Let's be real; they're not good. But are, are the what? are the San Fran's losses only only by one possession or less? Because like all all of Minnesota's are like by less than seven points, except for Indy. Yeah, I know. I'm I'm just saying. I I think it's kind of one A one B sort of situation there. Okay. Who said that Zimmer was on the hot seat? Was that Nart? Dude, that's been going around like no, he is on the hot yeah. hot seat. Like really, even since last season. I hate it. Dude, we'd love it. I would. I wanted Zimmer. Sorry, here, so well, I want to see the Cowboys bring his ass back to be defensive coordinator again. I would be okay with that. <laughs> I would be. He so would be okay. the best defensive coordinator. Oh, we, he was our coordinator when we won the Super Bowls. Yep. Bring yeah. him back. So you think you think they should have? You're a proponent of what they did. They're going for it on fourth and two I'm instead of taking for the points. That part okay. They wouldn't have to worry about it. They would have been kicking a field goal if they went for that two point conversion on their last touchdown. They kicked a f- uh, extra point there, which I think was just stupid. It's you're up by four there. What what benefit is it? Yeah, yeah that makes sense. Yeah, I think uh, that Wilson throw, Wilson doing Wilson things on fourth and ten when he connected the DK DK Metcalf dude was just fucking insane. I have like, some stats about the Seahawks. Go whenever for it, we, man. No, whenever we get to the Chargers. Okay, it kind of goes hand in hand. Do you, do you have anything else you wanted to bring up about this game, Thomas? No, nah, man. Just y'all want to y'all want to move on cook. along? Or? Well, That's all I gotta say. I, I want to say cook. once they did not convert that um, fourth down, I kind of knew like they're gonna win this game, as in the Seahawks. And that's going back to your point. You know, it could have changed it if they made it an eight-point game. A hundred percent in my mind, if it's an eight-point game, Russ goes down there, scores the touchdown, and ties it up, and they win that game. Is Russ the MVP right now? Well, let's see what Josh Allen does tonight. Uh, I think it's ten to fourteen. Oh, it's not over. Has Cole Beasley caught anything, or do you know? Do you have any stat lines right there for me? Uh, so the next game's Chargers. Uh, is it Saints? Chargers right? versus Saints. Yeah. So uh, Chargers Saints. It was thirty twenty seven Saints. That was a great Saints game. improved to three and two. Chargers fall to one and four. And God damn, did Herbert look fucking good? He's real quick. Me uh, real wrong. Beasley has no points. God damn it! You've already <laughs> won the game. I know, but I want to rub it in Jacob's face a little bit more because it's my first win on the season, and I won it all. I just made a trade with him today. I saw um, that. I got a little, a oh, little notification I'll have to look at in there. that later. <laughs> anyway, um, so Herbert, um, he's. I think he's the real deal, man. Unless somebody figures him out before here and so, the end of the season, I, uh, I, I'm sold. What I think we, he's great. we talked about last week? We're like, we need to see what he's like under pressure and uh, his consistency problems. I have a little stat about that. I talked all this crap about, oh, we can't be too harsh on Burrow because he's getting so much pressure. Hmm. Burrow is yeah. Sorry, I have to, I have to get to it. Uh, Burrow is facing twenty point five percent pressure rate, 
with about 1.9 seconds to throw. And he's been sacked 22 times. While Herbert is facing 25.5% pressure rate and has 1.8 seconds to throw. Herbert is performing better than Burrow under pressure. Interesting. Oh, and also Herbert's only been sacked nine times. Herbert also has two really good wide receivers. Yes. Burrow has zero. Both teams don't have a good offensive line. I I will agree with that. I will agree with that. Oh, and and Burrow has a better... Tyler Boyd is a good wide receiver. Don't take that away from... Tyler Boyd, he just needs a good compliment Tyler, receiver. Tyler Boyd was the one that set the uh, 40-yard dash record for the combine, I think. I'm not sure about that. Yeah, I think he did. And Tyler, he, he is, um, most of his career been below expectations, this but is he's kind of coming year. in. His first year, he was on practice squad the whole entire time. Who's that one I'm thinking of? I don't know, because I don't think it's Tyler Boyd. I'm so sorry if I'm speaking but out of turn. Boyd, but... in my opinion, is he just needs a compliment wide receiver and. Everybody thought A.J. Green would be that, but A.J. Green is so washed. Oh, my God. I'm so glad Nathaniel's not here because he really likes to to defend uh, A.J. Green, but I'm just like, he's he's done. He's done. The injuries cost too much. Damn. Sorry. I'm looking at 40 times. Okay. But, um, okay, so you think that Herbert is a better quarterback than Burrow. Is that what you're getting at? So far. I'm not saying – I'm not saying it's going to be a definitive. I want to see Burrow with a better supporting cast. Yeah, it's week but five. Both of them have horrible lines, and yep. it seems like Herbert's performing under that pressure better than Burrow is right now. Okay, I, I'll tell you, I did not like Herbert. I'll keep saying it. I did not like him no. two years ago when I thought that he might have a chance of being drafted by the Giants. That's why I know about this kid. And then he decided to stay another year at Oregon. I th- had a worse season. I think it's bringing more light to the project quarterbacks, and maybe it's worth drafting them. The Josh Allens, the Patrick Mahomes. Right. That's, that, that is what Herbert – everybody was like, he's a project quarterback. Maybe they, these project quarterbacks are better suited than we give them credit. John Ross. I was totally yeah. wrong. You remember him? Yes. And the, he's not good. You mean the painter? No, <laughs> no, that's Bob Ross. Bob oh. Ross. Freezer um, friends. Also, I wanted to say uh, Herbert is 0-4 and four so far, and the quarterbacks that his team has gone up against in that time is Brady, Breeze, Mahomes, and Bridgewater. <laughs> now, you laugh about Bridgewater, but he's top five in every I'm statistical. I'm not laughing about any of those guys. Those are all yeah. studs. Eight yeah. Super Bowls, six MVPs. These are all studs here. Yeah. So, like, it's not been an easy road for him to go through so far. And who else do they have? I'm going to look this up. Is this our last game we're talking about? Yeah. This is the last game. Um, last Bromocito. game. I do kind of kind of going in the same thing, uh, or not same thing, but uh, talking about the Saints-Chargers game oh. since we're talking about Herbert more than anything. I wanted to kind of talk about, are you guys annoyed with the Taysom Hill use? Not at all. No, no. I love that shit. I, think I, I love it situationally. I don't like how much it seems to be just – jammed in there he's not it, it doesn't seem as cool as it was last year and it wasn't it's not working as well as he did last year you're he's not having those big wait i think he's games. i think he's having the he's being overutilized because drew for drew Brees's shortcomings and now it's just like well i don't even it's think still it's still flashy and it's still effective but it's not as you don't have the big gains that were coming from it but you're it, it's a, it's efficient to get the yards you need for the first down or for that I red th- zone conversion i don't think it's completely 
because of Breeze's deficiencies. I think a lot of it has to do with we gave him this big contract, so we're shoehorning him in. I don't think Sean Payton and that that offensive staff is going to just have to accommodate a big thing for production. I, I, I mean, Sean Payton loves Taysom Hill. That's that's actually my main thing for shoehorning it. Okay. He's the one that wanted to give him that contract because he likes that gadget. And there's nothing wrong with the gadgets. It's just I have a hard time. You're a need to convert third down, and you're saying, yo, let's take this Hall of Fame quarterback off and bring out Taysom Hill, and then they don't convert it. And everybody's like, wow, this is a shock. Yeah, everybody knows the gadget play's coming. They know what's going to happen. It's going to work sometimes, but the more and more you do it, the less it's going to work. So is it almost like it? Is it almost as if, like, you know, you have the dump punt, which is like on third down, a quarterback just airs out intentionally for an interception. So is this not just not Sean Payton's, like, mix of, like, oh, hey, let's go for it, or let's just have a bad play to botch it just to move on to the next series because this just isn't working for us right now? Maybe. It's Maybe almost, that is. It, it could be just a drive killer that I don't put let's it on Let's reset birdies. and just yeah. get the defense on the field, reset, come like back you together. Just need to have Taysom Hill on every single play for that kind of stuff to work, or else you just throw him out there and they're I just, like uh you're it reminds me of three years ago where jason garrett was obs- actually i think it was more linehan was obsessed with the jet sweep yeah we just it seemed like it would be third and four and oh boys we're, we're gonna do a five yards back jet sweep to cole beasley and we're not gonna get shit exactly yeah. because everybody knows it's coming yeah by the way not to go back to the giants cowboys but i'm gonna go back to the giants cowboys Garrett Take it on to, back. Garrett needs to get the fuck out. Now. I'm tired already. It's five five weeks. I'm already tired. That's not how they're going to go through this whole season. It's uh, He's going to I go. mean, you've lost so much talent, and you don't have a talented quarterback. Yeah. It's hard to judge it's how hard, good of It's hard offensive. to blame the best offensive coordinator in the game when you don't have. <laughs> um, okay. But anyways, going back Brett to the Bielema. Tr- Going or not Brett Bielema. What's the guy for uh, uh, Benemy? The enemy. Yeah, the enemy. Um, and an enemy. Chargers. Back to the Chargers Saints. I mean, that was a great game. I think we can yeah, all agree awesome. on that. It was fun to watch. It's great. In one score games, this is that Seahawks Chargers stat I wanted to bring. Since 2019, the Seahawks are 14 and two. Hmm. In one score games, the Chargers. Wow. 14 and two. 14 and two. Wow. Two. The Chargers three and 13. They are the exact opposite. You said in 14-point games? No. One point. One, one score. Point. One, one score. score. Sorry. One gotcha. score Three games. and 13. I thought we weren't talking about the Giants anymore. You're not getting to three and 13 <laughs> this season. Please, please, please. No. We, have the, we have the Redskins this year, or, uh, next week. Wouldn't um, you prefer to have a top two Jaguars, pick? the Jaguars. Yeah, I would. You're right. Exactly. I'm sorry. The Jaguars, uh, or the Chargers play the Jaguars next week, by the way. And then they play no, the Broncos. Chargers don't play anybody next week. They're on a bye. Oh, 10-25. Oh, oh. You're right. I'm sorry. Hey. Hey. Hey, you look cute today. Thank you. I like that little and Chicago I, Cubs hat you got. I got to get that little, is it a Callaway hat? It is. I got to give cute. Gotta give my little stab to. What are you doing with it? Oh, uh, Anthony. I you're doing something yeah. else. Got to give my little stab into <laughs> Anthony Lynn. It. I really think uh, Herbert's going to be a great quarterback for the next head coach. Oh, it's so mean. I like Anthony Lynn. I love him as I a think person. Does. As a person, he is a great person. It's just He's been great on hard knocks. I would run through a brick wall for that guy. Obviously not. That's not what the team thinks. Because they keep failing in one score games. They collapse. So obviously they're not running through brick walls for this guy. I like him. His his play calling, his decision making just deteriorates. Does over it frustrate game. you, Brian? 
Yes, you, because I enjoy I can watching tell with your teen... facial expressions right now. You're just like you, you're fit Brian? to be tied. I don't. Will even... you do that thing you were doing with the knife before? Just keep doing it, just like that, just over and over. <laughs> just a shiv. Just anyway. this. And you get this angle right. It's more like a forty-five, not yeah, like a complete yeah, yeah. one eighty. Yeah, but just yeah, like no, a up like and vertically. Yeah. Yeah. Vertically, do that. I want Anthony Lynn to actually succeed in this league because I do enjoy him as a person. He's a great guy. I loved him on Hard Knocks. But also I want to see a Chargers team that's just – they haven't been relevant, real, actually relevant since 2007. Since LaDainian Tomlinson. Yeah. They, they missed their window, and now a new window might be opening. Are we going to waste that with Anthony Lynn? Well, who's to say it's it's who's to say that this is being wasted? I mean, it's a it's a rebuild after you lose one of the best quarterbacks to ever play the game. And uh, <laughs> what? And Philip Motherfucking Rivers? Are you kidding me? The the oh, guy who should have a, a the, the guy who should have a TLC show about like 30, 34 kids and counting. Yes. Can I ask you a question? Oh, that is I a think question. I know the answer to this question. What is that question? Ben Roethlisberger, Philip Rivers, or Eli Manning? Tony ben, Romo. Ben Roethlisberger. Who are you taking? Not, Tony Romo. rank them? Tony Romo wasn't 2004, was he? Uh, he came in the league in, I think, 05. Well, no, yeah, 04, the, 04, 03, 04 with Bill Parcells. Well, he and so then he's 03. The question. Yeah. yeah. He wasn't part of the question. I get what you're asking. He please, is now. Please Actually, rank them. I'm, taking, one I'm taking Larry Fitzgerald from that draft. Can you please answer the question? I'm taking, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm putting Ben Roethlisberger number one because he he's the only quarterback to ever okay. win a Super Bowl's rookie season. Then I'm going to put Tom Unanimous. Then I'm going to put Eli Manning number two. Then I'm going to put. Oh! Uh, okay, first off, that was really loud. Don't do that again. We all agree. Philip Rivers is the third. Especially look at how he's playing right now. Oh no, it's so sad. So I like, I like. He's uh, costing the Colts wins. Get that, I love get the that Colts. money, dude. Get that money, son. Yeah, yeah. He's got a lot of mouths to feed. feed those mouths. Twenty-five million to, to have one of the worst interceptions <laughs> I've watched. Dude, the only one like, that is worse is Nick Mullins to uh, the Philadelphia <laughs> Eagles. He had like twelve different throws that should have been picked off. Like twelve of them. Watch his completions. It's literally the wide receivers getting down underneath the ball to make sure it's not an incompletion. Like he His trash so talk bad. is fun, though. His trash talk is fun. Gosh darn he's, it. He's the king of trash talk. All right. Speaking of trash talk, we got oh. Dr. Owen for uh, Dingers and Piss Missiles. He is the uh, reigning 2006 batting cage champion of the year. He is the 2008... I don't know what he did in 2008, but hopefully he had a date and it was great. But yeah, uh, Dr. Brian fucking Owen, guys. 2008. <laughs> okay, we're... Yeah. Say your thing. <laughs> I don't, I'm, not I'm ready for it. One of okay. us. So, uh, let me start off this by saying uh, I'm doing this because our beloved producer, Nathaniel, who cannot be with us today, would want us to talk about it. <laughs> Hope you're smiling down on us. I love you. <laughs> Rest in peace, homie. <laughs> Much love. Okay, now moving on. Nathaniel's not dead. No, he's not. That I know of. Wait, what? He just left the country for two weeks. Uh, yeah, Oklahoma. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, a lot of Texans like, like to say this is its own country. It. Yeah, and exit. Um, before I get into the actual games, I want to oh. talk about why I don't pay attention to baseball anymore. Okay, this is what this podcast is for. It is. This is great. Air grievances. As an amateur sports historian, I love baseball. <laughs> As a what? What would you guys not say? I talk about sports history so much. Oh, we're all. Yes. No, this is That's great. why I'm Doctor Owen. No, it was all just. Right. But is that what you're a doctor of? Fucking hell, Manfred has diminished the product. 
and unsuccessfully hyped up this game so badly. Nard's going to be so pissed. I don't even care. It's just so bad at this point. (laughs) Everyone hates the Astros, but a simple just removing of their trophy, just a simple one, makes this storyline so much better for this season. It's their redemption run. It's, It's a team that got stripped because of cheating, and now they're making this run, this unbelievable run, a team below 500, but they got hot at the right time, and they're here to redeem themselves. But we're not going to talk about that because Manfred thinks it's a hunk of fucking metal. No, we're going to trash them and their armpit of the South they live in. I don't think we hate the Astros as much if they get that uh, trophy removed. Yeah, speak for yourself. But yeah, I... Yeah, it it matters. uh, It does. And just to have Manfred sit there and call it a hunk of metal just diminishes the game so much. He hates the game. Anyways. And we hate Manfred. That's a great redemption storyline. Yes, we do. Then you got the Rays. Are a team with a budget that was left less than Garrett Cole's annual salary. What? Yeah. No one knows about this. And that did really well for the Yankees. That's that's the pitcher that they beat to advance to the AC, ALCS. Um, that's two great storylines. No one knows about them because Manfred doesn't care about promoting the game. How does he get fired? Is there a way he can? He just... he will not be fired until after the next CBA. He is literally a union-busting lawyer, and they brought him in to make sure that the owners finally get favorable terms in the uh, CBA. That's literally the only reason he's there. Hmm. So, hell no, they're not going to fire him. The owners want to keep him. That was a very notable notable. I'm trying to think about like a well-actually statement to, to sit in Nathaniel's shoes since well, I'm in his chair right now. But actually. I'm not here, so uh, I'm not going to be Oscar, so go ahead. Yeah. In, uh, in the other league, you have two powerhouse offenses going at it with the Dodgers, the league's best uh, offense in home run terms, a team that has struggled to get over the final hurdle the last 20 years, versus, and they're going against the Atlanta Braves, number two in the team home run stats, with a presumptive MVP, Freddie Freeman, the 11th-year veteran who's a leader of a young and up-and-coming team. Yet again, none of this stuff is being talked about. None of this is being hyped up. I think of... The 2017 Jacksonville Jaguars going up against the New England Patriots, how that David and Goliath story was so hyped up. Everybody was talking about it, and you know none of this stories. Is this why you were bringing up a couple weeks ago in the text message that you were saying, like, okay, baseball's PR is just shit, and they have no marketing, and so Their marketing is fucking horrible. It's just... You could There's no narrative with baseball anymore. No. There's no narrative. There's no... and, And like I said... The narratives that could be created are just diminished because Manfred literally does not care about the ta- the game. He's like, it's going to make a certain amount of money. I won't be surprised if it's the fourth, uh, the fourth league out of the four major leagues in four or five years. I really won't be surprised, especially if that CBA goes south. Anyways, I think that's enough of me complaining about it. And the ALCS, uh, the Rays are up 2-0 on the Astros. The Astros came into this game on fire, but it was quickly cooled off by the Rays, who forced the game into their defensive structure. Astros have led in every relevant stat line except the final score. They've had 26 men on base, but have only had three score. They've had 19 hits to the Rays' 10, and all expected stats are in the Astros' fa- uh, favor, but the Rays' defense has stepped up in a big way. I expect the the Astros to come out swinging hard tonight, looking to get a win before the wheels fall off completely. Because I think you go down 3-0. Yeah, there's been some famous examples, but you go down 3-0, it's game over, series over. Also, I want to note that uh, Altuve, another part of that big part of the cheating scandal. You think I could beat up Altuve? 
he's like the guy yeah that's your guy yes i hope so uh maybe uh, that's who you ran into at the gym maybe it was l2 yeah i think he lives in dallas um or more specifically the colony the the national league is playing in uh, arlington right now i'm sorry yeah it is no Altuve's not in the national league he's in the american league oh fuck. Um, anyways he has continued his struggle with uh throwing to first base and possibly has a case of the yips so i'm hoping this is just further on that his declining stats his declining everything that he's on his way down because seriously fuck altuve side note we need to do a podcast on the yips oh yeah i'm gonna write that down oh yeah um so hopefully uh, yeah this is a catalyst for his fall from grace faster uh, in the NLCS, we had a game one last night in which both starting pitchers were fairly stellar, each allowing a solo home run in the first six innings, and that's it. Uh, Dodgers going into the series knew they had some issues with their, uh, their relieving rotation, with uh, Jensen struggling to find the plate and erratic pitching in general. After getting out of some sticky jams in the seventh and eighth, uh, the wills fell off for the Dodgers in the ninth um, and probably furthered that doubt for the relieving uh, staff. First, uh, Riley hit a line drive home run to make that game 2-1. Then uh, Azuna, battling through a long at-bat, to, uh, was able to get a single and get an insurance run. Then Albice, the new big bat swinging small man, fuck you, Altuve, uh, hit a two-run shot to effectively close out the game. <laughs> Dodgers are looking uh, for their bats to heat up tonight because relying on that relief pitching might be too big of an ask. And that's all I have to say about the championship series. And also, fuck you, Manfred. We should do a whole pod on that too. Fuck you, Manfred. Uh, Just turn that. The only reason I haven't monologue is because Nathaniel says he wants to. But oh my god, I I love baseball. I need you to understand. I love baseball. I'm not watched baseball for the last three, four years hey, because it is so bad. Now. It's my favorite. It was my favorite sport as a kid, and now it's my least. It favorite. was my oh. first love, my oh. first sporting love. Also, while we're talking about baseball, Joe Morgan just passed, and you know, that's oh sad. yeah, that's probably the greatest second baseman. He was one of the Reds greats, right? He's probably the greatest second baseman of all time. But yes, he is one of the big red machine. Yeah, and Whitey Ford. Back when you could name your son Whitey. Yeah. Um, that was also, a joke from SNL. I stole. Also, it. I'm sorry. Uh, his name uh, gave me one of my favorite blogs back in the day which is fire joe morgan <laughs> okay <laughs> it was a great blog you guys should check it out it's uh michael sure does it the guy who does like uh office space uh or sorry the office 90 brooklyn 99 and all that like the same people that did michael sure brooklyn 99 to the office yeah huh. that's what i'm saying interesting i didn't know that and also parks and rec you know something else interesting huh. interesting <laughs> yeah i didn't know that oh cool but, Fuck Manfred. Anything Fuck Altuve. It, Fuck the Astros. Any other positive notes on baseball? Um, Still takes three cool. strikes to get you out. All right. That's good. Three people are on the base and you hit oh, a home run. It's still a I, grand slam. I, I, so do you have a positive note? There. The Astros are down 0-2, which is positive. Oh, that's great. I'm so happy. Seriously. Um, Hey. Aaron. Yes, sir. What are you doing? I'm just I'm participating in this conversation and just watching the uh, the mixing board and looking at all of our levels and all that and just yeah. yeah. You got you got anything fun for us today? I've got all kinds of fun things, but uh, I I only can limit it to one. So what kind of fun thing would we like to participate in? Murder. Murder. <sighs> Is there much murder in this? 
There's some rope on the table. What? Brian's sitting right next to me. <laughs> and can, he's doing can, the jab thing we again. We can hog tie, hog tie I think Brian. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> it will take both of us. <laughs> Brian is not running down the alley right now, guys, so I don't know if he's going to participate in the podcast anymore. But uh, Bye, Brian. Bye, Brian. Bye, Brian. <laughs> <laughs> We got our uh, we got our criminal degenerate of the week. Wait, did he murder somebody? Daryl? Yeah. Daryl? No, Daryl didn't murder anybody. I no. can't tell if you're being facetious or not. I don't know, am I? <laughs> I guess we're going to have to wait for the story. Well, <laughs> hey, let's go. Let's do it. All right, yeah, so we got a... So prior to us recording here in this very professional studio that is uh, all mic'd up and synced up, uh, I had a story about Daryl Henley and... Uh, we haven't released it yet, so I thought I would uh, do it again. Also, just a shout-out from last week's episode. Uh, check out, well, not the week before last, we didn't do one. So if you haven't listened to the I-5 killer, uh, was it Robert Woodfield? Randall. Randall Woodfield. Randall. Check that out, episode 5, uh, end of the podcast, last 30 minutes. Check that out if you haven't. We usually do a, a true crime sports-related story, so we're going to hop into that next. So I hopefully... Hope that you're having a good night, that you have something bubbly and subtly. If not, get, get yourself a glass of milk and some cookies, and uh, let's uh, let's dive into it. So, a couple questions for you guys. Um, how far would you go to help a friend in need? Like, say, like, it's somebody in high school or somebody from college, and, like, you're... you're so, in- not any of us. Because I was about to say, if Thomas needs help, I mean, he's fucked. Oh, it's true. Oh, we all know that. Well, I mean, he didn't help that homeless guy. That's why. Oh. Um, can... I was trying to be on time for the podcast that day, and you, I just you never specified that. And also, it's still bad. Just stop, stop digging your, stop digging your grave. I'm just trying. So is he. I'm not a bad. So person. is he. So hard. I'm not a bad person. But hypothetically, like, what would you guys do if you had had a friend in need that was like, hey, like, I don't have the money to front something like this. Would you possibly loan me some money to do it on the promise of like return investment? Would you ever? As, as, a, as a silent partner. Uh, uh, what? Yeah. Why does that make it creepier? I don't know. <laughs> well, normally I think silent means crime. So, I mean, I'm going to need a... No, I think silent means that you're not necessarily on any, like, you're not the oh, front true. of anything. Yeah, you're, you're not just, the front. No. But you're just you're just like an angel angel donor. You're just giving money to front an operation. If it's crime related, I'm wanting... It's not crime related. It's like well, anything. Okay. Just let me speak real quick. If it's crime related, I'm wanting like 60% back on my investment on top of what I'm... In initially invested fair it's not crime invested i mean i'm cool with buying in for like five percent or something like that thomas i take a bullet you take a you would shoot yourself is that what you're trying to say yes if a friend was like hey can you bam you just shoot yourself because they asked mm-hmm. but thomas you don't have any guns or believe in the utilization of no, said. no, he doesn't believe in guns. Like he doesn't believe they exist. No, oh. just like the birds. It's just not like real. the birds. <laughs> okay, so I look think this was eye. like counterproductive. But look yeah, look so you guys understand kind of. I'm looking you in the eye. You see those birds on the, the poles, on like the. They're drones. They're fucking drones, bro. They're just charging their batteries. <laughs> For the audience at home, Aaron actually looks like he's disturbed by this statement. Like. I, we my, need to put my, mind in a, is, my mind's blown, y'all. Think about it. My mind's blown. Think about it, huh? But yeah, I don't know. I guess I give some money. Sure, why not? Okay, sweet. So that this this yeah. Okay. Anyways, um, <laughs> Daryl Henley. Okay, he was born in uh, October. He was born on October thirtieth, nineteen sixty six, 
And uh, he came from a like a fairly like affluent family. His parents were both uh, college educated, along with his siblings. Both his brothers went to Stanford and Rice, so like not any like hmm. you know scrub schools. I mean, they got into some pretty prestigious universities. I mean, Stanford. I don't know. It's uh, yeah, like, Stanford a, and Rice are both like really NC prestigious. States. I think those were like number five know. or six on my like short list. So you know, like, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, yeah. But uh. Daryl Henley wasn't any scrub himself. He attended UCLA. He majored in finance, got a 3.3 GPA. So, like, floating between, like, football, party life, and also school. I mean, finance, getting... Like, I mean, he's still getting Bs. That's Yeah, he's, he's doing well academically. Yeah. Very well. Hmm. Um, Better than me. So, this, this cat... This, this is kind of a story about a guy who grew up living one life with a family that, that pushed for academic excellence and then, and then pushed for excellence inside and outside of the football field and the classroom. And I think Daryl Henley from reading his story and just kind of like surmising things was kind of caught in the crossfire of, okay, like I have a group of friends that I associate out here, but I'm also triple producing, not just like academically, but also in the football field and within my own social life. And I think we have here a story of a perfect storm that goes to show that if you can't balance that out and have the discipline to, uh, to be willing to cut ties with people and make those sacrifices, then you end up having to suffer certain consequences for remaining in contact with certain people. And I think it's the hardest thing for anything. Is that, are you kind of saying like he extended himself too far? I, yeah, I think he, I, I, from when we get into it, I think he just ex- overexerted himself. And I think after a certain thing that happened to him in the NFL, it just kind of busted. And then he needed something to fulfill that void. Mm. Um, because of his social status within the community and whatnot. I mean, you know, we, we, we grew up here, and, and I mean, this is indicative of anywhere you grew up. I mean, if you're in Dallas or if you're in Lubbock or if you're in L.A., I mean, you, you have certain pockets of a neighborhood that you're going to um, – that are a little bit rougher than others. And, and sure. you know, greater metropolitan areas, those are easier to access than others, and you can be in one part of the neighborhood and then be in another, and, and you're probably going to have friends from all over the place. You know, like – so yeah. um, even though that Daryl Henley – grew up in a fairly affluent neighborhood he still had friends that were making wrong choices but they were his friends you know like we've we've all had those before and and it's just it's about picking and choosing your battles and I think Daryl Henley wasn't able to necessarily discern um how to hang that up and and Shelly Smith actually had the opportunity from ESPN to interview Daryl Henley when he was serving his first 10-year stint and this is a quote um from Daryl to Shelly Smith at ESPN saying before we get into this you can't look look at me and say oh a product of the environment. Henley says now, I have some pretty awesome parents and I was living a dream. I worked my ass off for. So like he, he, he acknowledges that he wasn't necessarily making the best decisions that were conducive to the environment that he was brought up in and what was given to him for what he worked for. Um, so with that, let's, let's dive into it. Uh, Daryl Henley played ball at UCLA. Um, he was part of the 1989 NFL draft. Can any of y'all name another Hall of Fame cornerback that was drafted in 89 that 89 I would like to say uh his name cuz I'm stalling to think of it what is his name You want some clues? Uh, oh god, primetime. That's right. Boom. Deion Sanders for the Dirty Birds. Deion Sanders is Cowboys, the San Francisco, Baltimore. He was yeah. drafted by the Falcons, right? He was drafted yeah. I believe he was drafted by the Falcons. Yeah, played for that Dirty Bird defense from like 89 like 91 or whatever. Um, but yeah, Daryl Henley went second round, pick 53, not bad. Um, he played 76 games, 54 of those he started. He had 247 solo tackles and 12 interceptions. And granted, this is only him playing like four full seasons out of like six being on the, on the roster. Do you have any, uh, any stats for like, is that, is that 
prolific for a cornerback or so what like what what happened is is he um his rookie season he was more of a nickel cornerback okay. so his 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 on the field production was limited he was also a special teams guy then his second through like fourth year he was starting all 16 games um at the starting position on the outside of either or picking hmm. up the top the top receivers and forcing turnovers uh 12 interceptions uh one season he had like two interceptions the next year jumped to like four or five and then the remainder of those um so he he was definitely a budding star in the nfl yeah hmm. definitely wow so in that and that that's sh- like that short tenure there was definitely a lot of production out of that um and getting at that um so daryl henley during during this time period was still really close to uh, to a group of neighborhood friends. One of that being Willie McGowan, um, childhood best friend. So um, there's there's a lot of stories out here about this. But Daryl, in between, like when he was even in high school, through his professional career, he never left LA, right? So he mm-hmm. he he was an LA kid, born and bred, kind of like Hawaii. He wanted to go back to LA, right? Yeah. He wanted to get back to his um, to his roots and and be with friends and family and play for the home city. So um, Daryl Henley never left LA. So there's stories of him and like um, Willie McGowan and all their crew, like even in college going to strip clubs late at night, like just cocaine, weed, ecstasy, alcohol, just everything, just living the fucking life. Fun. So Willie was drugs. his was his uh, devil on the shoulder, sort of. Yeah, I mean they were they were they were like their ride or die, like like they did everything together. Like Willie and the whole crew would sit outside. And like Daryl's Cadillacs outside of practice, just like the squad, like waiting for it was almost like honorage. Like that was just like wow, their whole squad. So Willie was everywhere with his right hand man, um, and he did everything with them. So um, you know, with that, with that work life balance or lack of, Daryl was able to produce some pretty solid, um, some pretty solid stats in his first few weeks playing. Uh, but then he suffered an injury. I think year five of his. Uh, of his tenure with the uh, LA Rams. And uh, with that came a lot of free time. And what are you going to do with that free time? Well, I mean, sounding like uh, what Willie's been promoting. It sounds like guesses. I mean, yeah. yeah. So uh, yeah, he, he ends up just spending most of his time partying with Willie and, and, and just kind of living that lifestyle and overabundance of what it already was. Um, so during this time, Willie approaches Daryl, because Daryl, remember Daryl's a—he's a pretty smart dude. Majored in finance, he knows he knows the ins and outs of investments and how you know he, math works. He has a plan for after the NFL, basically. At this, yeah, point. I like, mean, he's like, I know I can do something after my time. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you don't you don't go to UCLA and then do that well academically while playing football, and not have connections to exactly. go do something in like that like that, that sector of the world. Um, so Willie Willie approaches Daryl, and Willie Willie pretty much wants to start a cocaine trafficking network. Um, this is all layman's terms. I'm sure it was like articulated a lot better. This is actually a book called Intercepted that I forgot the author's name that I ordered off Amazon. So I can actually read more about this just from the limited articles that are online. Um, but Willie approaches uh, Daryl to to be like a silent partner in this, more so to orchestrate the, the numbers end on things. And not distribution. He wasn't slinging dope. That was all Willie. But um, you're talking about trafficking, though. You're talking about lifetime sentences. Oh yeah, yeah. And that's what almost ends up happening here. Um, is so Daryl, Daryl gets involved with this as a financial um, supporter, not just in terms of like investing in it, but he's also 
um, helping keep the books. He's almost like the Skylar White to like Walter whenever they're like running the whole like car wash deal. And so um, Daryl's doing this for for Willie, and more so he's this is Ozarks. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's pretty much laundering money. Um, And so what happens is is this whole network gets so expansive, so it catches the eye of the the eye of the FBI. (laughs) Ha ha. Yeah, so it catches attention from the FBI. The investigation part of the FBI, (laughs) and not not just because of because. Somehow, a, tr- a true leader named Tracy Donahue from guess what team? Um, Washington Re- Re- Washington football team. The Washington football No, close, but no cigar. Can I guess? Yeah. The Los Angeles Rams. Correct. Ding, oh, ding, ding. Damn, See, I was nice. thinking with all the bad press that you know, so Washington has with the cheerleaders that she had to be from there. Guys, I'm so smart. <laughs> so Tracy Donahue, a, uh, a cheerleader got involved in this. So they ended up using allegedly through Willie, Willie orchestrated Tracy Donahue and a bunch of other ex cheerleaders and friends to work as mules to trans to transport drugs, not just domestically, but internationally. So you have an international cocaine ring that allegedly has ties to like cartels, Sinaloa cartels, not only, not only to them, but also to, to mafia and, and the Midwest and the East Coast. So you have just this huge expansive network that is drawing a lot of attention. So his trafficking is about to get better, but he's also butting up against some real shit. Yeah, there, there's there's a lot of clout that you don't want that's becoming, like, bad, like, for for what they're doing. So long, long story short, um, the whole thing gets busted. Everything goes to shit. Um, Willie, Tracy Donahue... Daryl Henley, they all get apprehended, and they're all sentenced to, like, 10 years in prison. Um, and then, whenever sentencing comes, Tracy Donahue ends up turning on Daryl and says, well, Daryl wasn't just a silent investor. Daryl just wasn't, like, the money guy. Daryl was the whole orchestrator of everything. What the fuck? And then, not just that, but a lot of Willie's friends, not Willie, but a lot of Willie's friends end up turning against Daryl also and like attesting to this saying, yeah, he was the he was the man with the plan. He was the one in charge. He was the one who was calling the shots. He was the one that had the connections with the cartels. He was the one that had the connections with all the mob bosses. Daryl's the guy. Sounds like he's the fall guy for this, this organization, whether he realized it or not. So um, always got to have a fall guy. Henley ends up receiving. So uh, who was that? Uh, it was uh, Chris Carter. Chris Carter. Thank you, Chris that. Carter. Thank you, Chris Carter. To Teddy Bridgewater. <laughs> so uh, Daryl ends up receiving not a 10-year sentence, but a 21-year sentence. And Jeez. everyone else ends up getting uh, like two and a half to four years before they're eligible for parole. So Daryl is understandably a little upset. Just a tad. So what happens is that Daryl's sitting in prison and he starts making connections and then all of a sudden, he's able to start having cell phones smuggled in so he can have conversations with his newborn daughter, his recent wife that they got married right before he was arrested. So, damn. Um, yeah, he, he uh, was keeping like tabs with the outside world. And a cellmate overheard one of his conversations. He's like, hey, man, I got this plug for you. I might have a way out for you. You want to meet him? He's like, sure. Like, what the fuck? Why not? So that's when um, Daryl Henley was introduced to Joey Gambino. Joey Gambino is the mafioso, one of the mafiosos oh, of the Gambino shit. family, the, the Gambino crime family. Yeah, mm-hmm. they're they're kind of well known. 
Uh, yeah. Oh, not anymore. They they've fallen, I believe. I think so. So so <laughs> Daryl gets introduced to Gambino, and Daryl's telling him his story, and Gambino's like, "Well, you know, like I want to I want to start running heroin. Um, you like you might be a good player for this." Oh. And Daryl's like, "Well, you know, what? like a lot of my money got you know, <laughs> subpoenaed or whatnot, and I don't have I don't got seized got seized, and I, I don't have I don't sorry subpoenaed is not." No, no, yeah, you're good. Um, it's a fun word, subpoena. Yeah, subpoena. My never mind. Um, so, <laughs> so yeah, Daryl and Joey start talking shop, right? And Daryl's like, "I don't have cash to front this operation." So, what do you think Gambino offers Daryl in terms? I mean, I'm not a crime lord, so I don't really know this lifestyle that much. Oh, uh, okay, that's fair. I'm not familiar. Okay, that's I, I appreciate y'all's honesty, and I'm I'm glad that yeah. Okay, or I'm just stay playing, on the right side, guys. Or I'm just playing dumb. Um. So Gambino is like, okay, you know what? Like, if, if, if you can't pay for it, what I'll use as collateral is if you help me run, like, the front end of things, I will have the presiding judge over your case assassinated, and I'll also have Tracy Donahue, that cheerleader that ratted you out, will take care of her for a murder-for-hire type thing. Now, I might be wrong here, but I'm pretty sure someone who's in Witness Protection Agency, that's a pretty big score there, and you're going to get a lot of, like, years added to your sentence if you're caught, and then... Killing judges is not looked upon favorably. Well, he's not in witness protection. He's in, I, I he's thought, in prison. No, I thought uh, Donahue was. Oh, Donahue. Uh, I'm I'm not. Sh- I don't think she was in witness protection. Okay, but still, I don't think it's looked kindly oh, upon not. to kill no, someone. No, and then especially a judge. a judge. No, no, this does not go over very well. Um, so Henley agrees to this, and he's like, "Yeah, yeah, that's that's not a problem. Let's let's do it." So, allegedly, for a while, Henley was. Th- thought well, under the impression that he was you know making big money moves making uh calling the shots for this heroin like this mm-hmm. heroin operation and what ends up happening is that um yeah henley gets screwed and gets sentenced to an additional 43 years in prison because gambino is actually an undercover fbi agent yeah kind of like the departed like where he's not really a, he's an informant but He's still doing crime. Exactly, and that, that, that's what that's what gets me. That's what gets me is like I'm reading this and I'm I'm reading these articles. I'm like, how is that not entrapment? How 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 is how are investigative bureaus like this CIA, FBI, NSA, whatever? How how are they able to run these kind of operations and literally like it's, manipulate somebody to, do, to 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 encourage them to 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 participate still, in criminal activity? He's like still that? making the choice. Like that, that's an open-ended question. Like he's like, Hey, I can get this guy assassinated. That's all I'm going to require from you is you to be the front for this. And he's making the choice to go, yeah, I'm going to do this. And then Gambino gets caught up in something probably. And he's like, Hey, let me inform on this guy. Look, I can get you 43 years. This judge will live. We were going to do it until you caught me with something that might. Yeah. Yeah. Well, for, well, actually, for, from this, I mean, Gambino wasn't an actual inmate. He was he was an undercover FBI agent that was acting as like that was his alias was one of the Gambino family oh, members. Okay, so oh. that's that's yeah, that's why that's why I bring the question up is like how is that not entrapment? And I haven't read anything about that. I haven't seen anything about man those, any appellate court stuff bringing man, that up. Entrapment is such an interesting um, like case study. Anytime that comes up in true crime, there's so many of those. It, I've, I could never figure them out. Entrapment is the defenseless receiver of NFL officiating. <laughs> <laughs> it is very subjective. So, yeah. Like that pick play yeah. the other day. Yeah. Pick play. 
So, yeah, Daryl Henley, uh, he's not eligible for parole until 2031, so he's got about another um, 10 years left after the turn of this year. Um, so, yeah, I mean, budding, budding NFL star got hurt, and instead of focusing on rehab, ends up slinging cocaine with his buddy Willie. And Dak, if you're listening, please don't do this. Yeah, Dak, please don't do that. Please don't do it, Dak. Please, Dak. Just get well soon, sir. Dak, you're our only hope. <laughs> so that's yeah, that's my that's my true crime story for the day. Um, I'm gonna read that book, Intercepted, when I get it in, and I, I hopefully there's like a little bit more to it than like the six I articles just I could find. I can't but. imagine having that kind of opportunity and just flushing it down the toilet. Dude, I, I so that's that's my question, man. Is like. It's like, at what point in his mind, he just say, fuck it. Like, at what point in his mind, like, this had to have happened. Like, you know, they were probably doing this kind of shit in college. Like, yeah, they, they were probably doing it on a small scale. So that's why, he, like, he equated it in his mind. Like, oh, I can get away with this. Slash, I'm a financial major. I'm this great genius. Look, I'm on top of the fucking world right yeah. now. I'm not going to go anywhere. And then reality hits. And it hits hard. Oh, it fucking swings. Just like that small man that's going to beat the shit out of Thomas. It's that big dick swinging. You guys got to come with me to the gym. I'm going tomorrow. Please come. I need help. Um, before we sign out, uh, do we have time for a small discussion? Yeah, of course. Uh, we're at a minute or an hour and 32 minutes. We got. We can go eight more minutes. Um, Adam Gase just released uh, Le'Veon Bell. That's not, that's not surprising <laughs> to me. No, releasing. Wait, released? Release. No trade? No. Not released. Who's oh, trading for him? Fuck. But still. But someone might trade. I mean, even getting a what fucking done, fifth round though? pick or something. Fifth or. Who cares? You get quality. You get return on your investment. Jeez Louise. And what has he done? He's he's lingered in a horrible offensive system by Adam Gase, just like Ryan Tannehill, Kenyon Drake, Devontae Parker. I'm the list goes on. Maybe I'm, go this Thanksgiving. I'm going to say I'm going to be most thankful for the New York Jets because they make the New York Giants look good. That was is there? They huh. do. Feel so good about it. The New York Jets organization needs just to be fucking relegated. Bring up Clemson. Bring up Alabama. I don't care which. Get rid of the Jets. They are a fucking disgrace at this point their owner did you know this Woody allen or Woody, Woody something he's the ambassador Woody to, Harrelson. um to uh england for the united states no he's not yeah he is that's interesting he's best friends with uh, uh what's his name was the ambassador for ireland uh the pittsburgh's owner for a while really Ro- rooney was yeah huh that's, that's fascinating crazy. i had no idea yeah i didn't either well, hey, uh, Woody Johnson. That's the name. Woody of the Johnson. Order. Yeah, that sounds right. Google it real quick. It's uh, two dick names, Woody and Johnson. <laughs> it is Woody Johnson. He looks like such a nerd too. His wife's hot. I remember looking at it. Uh, yeah, that's what happens. All when the nerds get the hot wives. Yeah, he is a multi multi billionaire. What the fuck? Like, how, just releasing. You could get something back. <laughs> releasing. Yeah, yeah, he did. Yeah, he's the <laughs> yeah. United States yeah, dick, ambassador dick. <laughs> to the United Kingdom since 2017. No shit. Yeah. Wow. Um, so next week, I don't know. I don't want to speak out of turn, but I have Delonte West. Oh, we're gonna we're gonna hit on old Delonte. Yes. Are we gonna talk about his uh, his his uh, little activities he had with LeBron's moms? We're gonna talk about that. I we're know in... none of the story. I just know that he recently had a redemption arc. That's all I know. So or a rehab redem- redemption arc. He's got a lot of he's got a lot of problems. There's going to be a lot to dive into. So, um, so is that going to be our degenerate of the week, or yeah. or, or I don't want to talk. About, <laughs> I mean, you're going to hear the story. You'd be like, oh, poor guy. 
You really are. Maybe we can rephrase the. the I have a heart of coal. Title for him. Maybe we can. Yeah, we but can. It, we can find. We can. We can find a redemptive thing. No, though. just it, it's our crime story of the week. He's obviously committed he, some sort of crime, whether it's even doing small drugs. Or not. Yeah, doing drugs. Oh, I just feel bad for the guy. Yeah, I would too. Um, yeah, he. Uh, there's a video of him getting beat by police, so he must have done something illegal, right? <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, I I could say something, but I'm gonna. Yeah, yeah. not a political podcast. Anyway. Um, well, yeah. we're looking forward to that, guys. You did so good today. Thank you for stepping in for our fallen comrade. Um, I hope he smiles down upon us. Me too. I hope he's okay. Hope you're enjoying that that lake life there, buddy. Hope he's in a better place. Uh, is Oklahoma better? <laughs> no. It's yeah, not. let's be real. <laughs> I don't know. He's really not. I mean, it's nice to be outside in the outdoors. Like, that's sure. nice. Kai is probably having fun. You're still in Oklahoma. You know, like that, Prancing around. That's like in the back of your mind. Yeah, it would be in my like, back of my mind, too. Colorado's right over there. Yeah, like. why don't you just go over there? I'm going to Colorado for vacation. Um, It's been fun. I love you. It's been real. It's been fun. It's been real fun. It's been real fun. I love you, too. Oh. Yeah. Thanks, guys. All right. Love you. Mean it. Bye. Later, skaters. Bye.